0: Listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast for sometime around about late August, right before the eve of the launch of Guild Wars uh, 2. My name is Tom Chicken, and, and my, what are you talking about sort of? Not technically the eve. No, not technically. Not that day. We're speaking the, the eve of the launch of Guild Wars 2. My name is Tom Chick and My game of the week is not, unfortunately, Guild Wars 2.
1: And I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Max Payne 3.
0: Mm. Oh, and we forgot to tell our guest how to introduce himself. <laughs> uh, yes,
2: my name is Brandon Kikowski-Schnell, and my game of the week is not Summoner Wars, even though it's Tom's favorite game ever.
0: Okay, oh. first of all, great work for doing your intro. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty intuitive, I guess. What do you? I, you know what? I've, I, I've Tom and I are playing a game that he hasn't taken a turn in in like a year. I think. Yeah, Summoner Wars. I can't even be. I can't even muster up the enthusiasm or the energy to tap on the icon, and it's guilting me with that little red number in the icon, showing me that I have turns waiting. And, and you know what? At some point, I think I'm just going to have to delete it. Uh, I'm. I'm so. I, I I can't say I'm done with Summoner Wars because I don't ever feel like I got off of the ground with it. So, so I have a I have a big problem with the game uh, the
1: way it uses dice. Uh, but other than that, I, it's all right.
0: Uh, Brendan, do I have a game with you? Are you one of the people that I would be abandoning if I were to delete it from my iPad? No, because
2: I I know how much you you don't like it. I didn't even know you have it, so I didn't even. I believe you ah. called it wretched uh, in the comments. <laughs> Uh, of a post so i, I kind of took that to mean that you did not have it so i did not bother to game centerize you and, and entice you with wretchedness
0: okay well uh, if you are thinking second if thinking twice about that uh don't because i don't think it's going to be on my ipad much longer uh yeah i
2: i gathered that
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh by the way my my winning record is i think i'm batting let me see if i can do this sports analogy right i'm batting f- five hundred. So here, You're one right. for one. Oh, it'd be something like that. What does it count if you uh, if you let things forfeit? Does that impact your batting five hundred? Like I'm one win, one loss, and like eight forfeits. What does that mean? Is that batting less than five hundred?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that they have statistics. <laughs> I think that's people who intentionally one hundred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you've hit the ball once at ten <laughs> bats.
0: So all right. Yeah. Okay, let's let's forget about baseball for now, because it's not in season. Uh, let's segue. Brandon, thank you for coming here. I know we're taking valuable time out of your schedule that you would have spent playing with your new robot doll game. Uh, uh, yes, thanks. You're, no, you're, a, no you're, you're a big fan of those Transmorphers, I understand. I am.
2: I'm a huge fan of GoBots. They are the, the best. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And the
1: n- leader one is my favorite. Yeah,
2: and the scooter guy. What was his name? Oh,
1: God, I don't remember. I only ever remember Leader One because he was a jet. Well, sure,
2: yeah. Bomb the Rutgers. I got to say, though, GoBots fueled, even as a child, my my hatred for scale issues in Transformers because you had Leader One a jet the same size as a scooter, and I thought either that's one extremely large scooter or one very tiny jet.
0: Oh, you know what? I can do this. I can participate in this discussion because one of the guys is a giant uh, boombox, right?
2: In Transformers, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's
0: he's the same size as the guy who's a semi or the guy who's a
2: Optimus Prime. Yeah,
0: yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah,
1: I know. Yeah, man, they put a lot of punch in those boom boxes. They do, (laughs) they do. Like, like, yeah, they're huge. I remember I got like tweeters. Yeah, I got like one of the wrong tapes, on mistake when I was a kid. And when I opened it up, it just like turned into a bird and attacked me. I had to run away. (laughs)
0: Now, Brandon, are you actually playing the new Transformers game? Do you have? No, any- no. In fact, I just I just
2: got it today, so I have not had a chance. Other than other than the like hour and a half I played it at E three, uh, when the fine fine people at High Moon and Activision just kind of gave me a controller and started like unlocking levels, willy nilly, going, oh, you got to see this! Oh, you got to see this! No, no, you got to see this! Uh, so so I've actually played a fair amount of uh, <laughs> Fall of Cybertron, just not in an official uh, you know kind of retail build capacity. Right, in a, in a here
0: you're a press guy, here's people trying to sell it on you capacity.
2: Well, they actually were really cool. They just kind of gave me the – like, they knew – like, I have a I have a giant Autobot symbol tattoo, and when you flash that at the the Transformers booth, ah. they're like, okay, this, this cat knows what's up. And so they just gave me the controller and just was like, there you go, have fun. Is uh, that so what they say? They say this does. cat knows what's up, huh? He, he does, they do, yeah. <laughs> it can go. It's got a lot of meanings. So. <laughs> kind of you no, know, I – I, to a third degree. If,
1: if Tom Flashes his tattoo at the Activision booth, they, they won't do much.
0: No, they'll say, this guy knows what's up. Let us show you our fine new Cooking Mama clone. <laughs> Did
2: you get her with the flames in her eyes?
0: It's not Cooking Mama. It's just like a flower, but it's...
1: Oh, cool. but there's, it's there's, like something, like there's something cool about it, though. Don't...
0: Oh, it's got blood <laughs> dripping off of it, yeah.
2: A <laughs> flower? So it's like
0: Seymour from uh, Little Shop of Horrors?
2: Not that no. cool. It's just it's like a rose. And it's not Seymour. It's the,
1: the Seymour it's, was the guy, right? God, continuity people. Whatever.
0: Now, now Brandon, you do. Uh, I want you to help me get excited about another Transformers game because I like High Moon Studios. I know they did their cowboy horror game way back when. That's when I, I can't. I want to call that Darksiders, but that's something else. Do you no. remember the name of their cowboy horror game? Perhaps. Uh, oh, no. I can you know, tell I've exceeded oh, even oh. your college. But anyway, that, that was, I think, High Moon Studios' first project. Uh, a long time ago. That was that weird vampire one, right? I don't know what brand of horror it was. I mainly remember the cowboy part, uh, and I believe it was from a comic book. But at any rate, since then, they've become known as the Transformer dudes, uh they've this is their third or fourth transformers game brandon why should i as someone who's not a huge transformers fan but appreciates what they've done with these games why should i be excited about transformers the cybertron chronicle part four
2: fall, fall of cybertron well the biggest thing i think uh i mean obviously if you're a big transformers fan there's going to be a lot of moments and and high moon loves the property and they're very mm-hmm. uh they're very savvy in how they integrated and they actually kind of went to hasbro and said hey we want to bring you know the Dinobots back because Hasbro was like, we're not having the Dinobots period anymore, and High Moon was like, well, that's not cool because they're giant robot dinosaurs, and who doesn't want that? Uh, but so if you are a Transformers fan, then there's definitely, I think, a lot of little nods and, and just being able to play the different characters. But um, you know, the cool thing about Transformers, just aside from the inherent coolness of being able to turn into a jet or a you know a helicopter or a car or whatever. Uh, is the fact that, you know, these different robots, they all come with, with different abilities, they come with different personalities, and a lot of those personalities and abilities come through well in the game, and then they also kind of design the levels around them, so whereas, you know, War for Cybertron was, was a pretty pretty much just kind of a run and gun, there was no, no cover, so you're just kind of running down corridors, you're shooting guys occasionally, maybe you turn into a vehicle. Uh, fall of cybertron from what i played they, they have a lot of levels with a lot of verticality you know so for example if you're playing as starscream where you could turn into a jet there's a lot mm. of options for you to uh use the fact that he's a he's a uh he's a coward so he does a lot of subterfuge so you know kind of zoom in transform cloak take guys out transform get away you know that type of thing uh you know jazz uh he's more of a He's, like, a stylish kind of melee guy, but he's got, like, a grappling hook, so there's, like, different ways to kind of approach the levels, just kind of zipping from from ledge to ledge. Um, so, you know, one of the, the things that I'm most looking forward to is just kind of seeing how it is they incorporate, you know, the various abilities of the robots and into the level design to allow you to kind of attack... The levels in different ways and that's one of the things like at e3 they were talking about is like we don't want to do a cover shooter you know we're not going to do a first person shooter like we want to do like a, they call it like a navigation based shooter where you mm-hmm. have a lot of options as to how you go about going through the level so um but but, do- but just to i know for in war for cybertron you were like when are they ever going to get to earth just to let you know that this does not take place on earth this is still on
0: cybertron so it just seems like that would be the most interesting place for them to fight. That's where they fight in the movies for a reason.
2: Well, but see, the thing is, there's a huge, there's a huge, you know, kind of uh, time span between when they leave Cybertron and when they arrive on Earth, and so that whole section in between is just open to being able to tell pretty much whatever kind of stories they want. Because these, I, I don't, these are prequels. These are well. See, you know, you got to understand. There was, you know, there's there's the 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 cartoons back in the '80s. There was also Mm -hmm. Marvel did a whole run of comics. Uh, You know, since then there's been different. Uh, cartoons you know Beast Wars and uh, Cybertron and Armada uh, and then the you other know, the Michael Bay movies and then there's been other cartoon Transformers Animated Transformers Prime plus the IDW they did their own comics. so there's a lot of continuity stuff going on and some of it plays well with each other and some of it doesn't. So this game is supposed to take place prior to the G1 cartoons with some changes so like the Dinobots being on Cybertron as opposed to being created uh, you know during the cartoon. so so yes they are they are prequels. Uh, to the cartoons but they also had some influences like bumblebee doesn't talk that's something f- from the the michael bay movies
0: uh you know how so, so. how do people know like if he's hungry or needs to go to the bathroom if he can't talk
2: well he is a grown you know man robot i guess so i think is he'd probably tend to his own bathroom needs how does him.
0: he express his feelings uh
2: i don't know right. I, don't, I really don't know they haven't I, gotten into that
0: I feel like you should see someone about that. That could be difficult to keep all that bottled up. So yeah. I'm worried about Bumblebee. Uh, yeah. So if we were to play multiplayer, uh, yeah, uh, you, I, I need you to be Starscream. No, that's I can't be Starscream. Really? Why not? Because yeah. he's a coward. Exactly. No. Okay. My,
2: my, my um, yeah. no, my, my guy is Evac. He's a scientist, uh, which means he heals. He lays down the heal. What does
0: he? What does he turn into?
2: A jet. Although Evac okay. should be a helicopter, like a rescue. I like agree. Chinook,
0: but How about maybe oh, he no. can be a VTOL? It's a vertical I'll, takeoff I'll, landing. I'll allow it. Okay, I'll allow so it. Yep. you're going to be Evac. I uh-huh. am going to be, what's the name of the dinosaur?
2: Well, you can't be a dinosaur in multiplayer. What? You can be uh-huh. a tank. A tank is a, you can be a tank, uh, a scout, which is like a, a race car. Uh, you can be a scientist, which is a plane. And I forget what the fourth one is. What's
0: the name of the tank?
2: Do we know? You could be Megatron. Megatron was okay. Attacked.
0: I like that one. Okay, so you're going to be Evac. I'm uh-huh. going to be Megatron. Uh, McMaster, we need you to be a transformer called uh, dorphimus and he, <laughs> he can turn into a doorstop. So uh, what we need you to do is hang back at the base. We're going to go out and fight and just make sure the door is open when we come back, because we might be having to do like a hot entry, or we have to run in real quick. So- yeah, is that what you call it? Yeah, when we play, it's, it's a military Top term. Chicken,
1: the hot entry. It's a military term. So, I think I, I saw a movie like that once. So.
0: <laughs> so, this is a family podcast. <laughs> so, so, McMaster. Talk about that. When we play multiplayer, we just need you to transform into the doorstop and just sit there in the door and wait for us. Okay, you, you got that covered. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, th- there's our multiplayer agenda. Uh, McMaster, you're Dorphimus. I'm uh, Megaton, and uh, you're e- Evac. And we've yep. got that covered. Good.
2: I like it. And that'll work for Escalation as well. They brought back Escalation from the last game, and so that'll work well
0: too. Is it a game mode or a Transformer?
2: It's a, it's a game mode. It's like their Horde mode, but the maps are a lot bigger. Uh, I do
0: remember that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I actually like
0: Escalation a lot. Oh, Brandon, you buried the lead. Why didn't you just start with that? And I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'm on board with War of Cybertron. Okay. Fall of Cybertron. Fall of Cybertron. Right. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. They do with Cybertron. This time, I'm down with it as long as they've got their <laughs> horde mode. Yeah. Good.
2: Uh, say. So hey, hey. Had I known it was that simple, I wouldn't. Uh, you know. Gone on. But
0: I'm pretty hey. easy, Brandon. Just say horde mode, zombies, <laughs> or uh, RPG elements, or loot. Say any of those, and, and you've got me. So. <laughs>
2: okay. Fair enough. I'll keep that in mind next time when I make my uh, my horde mode zombie loot game.
0: Oh, I cannot wait. What's it going to be called? Zombie loot hordes. <laughs> that is awesome. Z-L-H. I, That's right. I like the sound of it. Okay, good. Uh, McMaster, let's get into some format stuff because I'm curious what. I think I know what your game of the week is going to be. But before we go there, uh, McMaster, I just want to check in with you and briefly talk uh, some shmups or oh. shooters on the iPad or. Because uh, I think. Uh, you're pretty much as good as I am. Are you still staying with us? Because we've had some nice neck and neck stuff going with the Bug Princess two leaderboards. And I, I look at some of your scores, and I'm like, I think McMaster knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, I uh, actually was just playing right before the podcast.
0: So, so it hasn't that, that hasn't worn off for you. It wasn't just some, oh, no. It's like you're still kind of into uh, trying to beat my scores, and uh, that, that's still working for you.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm actually kind of finally getting maniac mode, so I'm, I'm
0: getting up there in some of those. Because I think, McMaster, here's what I'm going to do. And you can think of this as like a, a, a peace treaty, like an armistice negotiation. I'm right. going to cede to you original mode levels 1, <laughs> 3, and 5. <laughs> okay. You give me 2 and 3, and then we're we're going to spend our time duking it out on maniac mode which is where I think there's a lot more variability like there's more you have more control over the scoring original mode is basically about just not making a mistake maniac sure. mode is much more interactive you're pushing the whole risk reward equation uh, i just feel like i'd much rather lock horns with you in maniac mode
1: yeah i mean i It took me forever to kind of completely get how to score in maniac mode. But now that I have it, yeah. I I guess really what was confusing me the most is that bar has to empty before,
0: you know what I mean? Like the the energy bar. You might be teaching me something. The the crystal bar that fills up and goes to 1900. What do you mean it has to empty? Okay, see, this is what
1: happens, and it's kind of goofy. It took me a minute to figure, or quite a while to figure it out. Okay, when you're in shot mode, you're building up that mode. Right. And once you get to the top, that's when it's dropping the bigger crystals. Now, when you switch to laser mode, you have to wait for that bar to empty before it um, stops giving you crystals and converts shots to points. Oh, I thought you were having to shoot specific dudes. You Ooh. do, You do, but there's more to it. Like if you uh, if you do it while the bar is full, they just present crystals. But if the bar is empty, then it turns everything on screen into points and uh, does the crystal thing to an extent. Okay. And then it okay. empties your like meter to somewhat, and then you have to build it back up. And I just figured that out like the last couple of days. So um, I've I've Topped a few of my maniac scores by a good bit just using that because like you know stage three and four are really uh, really friendly to that and uh, five is too but I'm just still messing with it.
0: It's kind of surprising, well not surprising. I mean these games have been around for a while and they've got a fan base and the developer really knows what they're doing. But it's kind of a revelation to me to discover what a steep learning curve there is on these games. Like, like oh, yeah. we had Angry Coder on two podcasts ago, and a uh, fellow named Ian, and he posted something in the comments thread about, oh, no, here's how you earn some points. Like, he just right. posted some little adjustment that I was like, oh, that's how that works, and I got in, and I played Bug Princess, and I immediately pretty much equaled his score, like right there, like once he told right. me that. And I sort of feel the same way about what you're explaining now, McMaster. These things, they don't reveal themselves. You eventually figure them out. They're not exactly documented. But once you figure them out, you've just gone up this huge step up the learning curve.
1: Right. And, and basically what I've been doing since I, I worked that out was just going through each level and trying to find the exact point you need to kind of drop right to the laser to empty that bar and then you know because I think it's what like level oh god is it level three or four that has like this weird nest of bugs that are like shoot uh, <laughs> you've narrowed shots. it down to pretty much every, every
0: level weird well, nest I, of bugs is the entire game
1: yeah. it was weird it's like this thing they, they, they pop out of the ground but there's like a ton of them and they shoot tons of bullets and uh, once you kill them they all you know turn into crystals but if you do that with a laser and you have it up high enough you know that's of several you know million points right there
0: uh Brandon, join us as we pursue I know you <laughs> as we pursue high scores in bug Princess two
2: why well, I, I actually on your recommendation got that 1942
0: one. Oh yeah yeah that free to play one right yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm pretty terrible at it so you're not I don't I don't need to log back into that and defend my high score from you
2: I haven't even finished the third mission so no
0: <laughs> okay what what bomber are you flying though? Or what fighter? The, the free one. The free one. Yeah. Now they're all. You can buy all of them by earning more crystals. Like once you get, uh, there's an awesome B25 bomber there. But even when you get to, I think the F6F, it's a Wildcat. Uh, uh, like upgrade that crappy fighter you've got. I think it starts with the P40 as soon as you can. Okay, I will you're, do that. You're doing the equivalent of loitering in the basement of the tavern, smacking <laughs> rats with a with a club that does one to three points of damage. I got gotcha. you. I will do that then.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I actually played, uh, got sign more recently. I'm not very fond of it after playing yeah. for some of the cave games.
0: Well, it is different, different, and uh, I, I think its appeal is in a, in the unique progress, like the fact that it's not health based; it's time based. It's a time thing, yeah. yeah. But also, the level just the artwork in it is pretty amazing it,
1: that's that's cool i i am just not sold on the game itself
0: uh, well I can't play it on a joy like I totally need my finger on the iPad now to do these games like i it was really hard for me to go back and use the uh the the game pad um, by the way does a does anybody does a fight stick work like I really want an arcade stick kind of situation. Can I use one of those fight, a fight sticks yeah, a fight stick would work sure
1: i don't like the cable on mine isn't long enough to reach my couch i have a, a bigger tv so like
0: I the master pushed the couch closer yeah well hi yeah i don't want to get divorced so um also they would get in the way of all your connect activities i understand uh
1: yeah um yeah no actually it's funny Is my cats uh ate
0: through the connect cable so
1: they were telling all right. Me, yeah, they me right yeah i are sending me a message.
0: Yeah, Floyd and Murray know what's best for you, McMaster. They, that's right.
1: they are like they did it right before Steel Battalion came out too, because I was going to get it. So they were like, "No, father, no."
0: Yeah, that's <laughs>
2: some, <laughs> smart. some smart cats. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so McMaster, that's our, our schmup talk. Let's let's do some news of the week. What do you have for us, Jason and McMaster, for the news story of the week? Uh, my news story of
1: the week is that we may or may not have a Plants vs. Zombies too. Next year?
0: Why would we yeah. not? I thought it was
1: announced. It was, but then they may have laid off the guy that made the original one, and they may not be creating. Who knows? Because <laughs> there was a they, they, huge they layoffs.
2: Yeah, they don't know whether he was like oh uh, or not.
1: Yeah, they were like, yeah, we laid him off. They're like, well, we can't actually say if we have or not, huh? You know, <laughs> so they haven't figured it out yet. But we'll know one day whether we're going to have Plants vs. Zombies too. So the there. guy
0: you're talking about is his name is George Fan. Yeah, uh, you're right. He made Plants vs. Zombies, and PopCap had a round of layoffs, and you're saying it's up in the air as to whether or not he was amongst those layoffs.
1: Right, because the representatives said he was, and then they were like, well, maybe not, though.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, so they they (laughs) no
0: one really knows. It's it's, it's EA for you, baby. Now, even if he was laid off, even if George Fan was no longer working at PopCap... I, I, I would be surprised if they didn't make Plants vs. Zombies anyway. It's not like when Vince and the two guys from Infinity Ward left, Activision stopped making Calls of Duty. Well, true. But um, you never know what's going
1: on there either. right? So uh,
0: I would guess we will see a Plants vs. Zombies too. I can't imagine we wouldn't. But what's in question is whether or not George Fan will be part of the creative team. Right. Which is a shame. Um,
1: but yeah, the... Uh, yeah, so... There you go. PopCap Studios having a good time, challenging everything.
0: All right. Uh, by the way, near the by the next time we record, I think uh, there will be the Pinball FX2 PopCap table will be announced at, oh. at PAX. So we'll know whether or not we're getting a Plants vs Zombies table or a Jewel table or just a general PopCap theme pinball table. Uh, but that's impending as well. So it is all right so uh that's your news of the week mcmaster thanks for bringing the room down brandon do you have any better news for us
2: i do uh i do uh so it was announced i have two things one that mm-hmm. won't bring us down but one that will excite us so what do you want first as Give the us- rock as the rock would say in fast Five. Oh, i like i like where this is going i like where this is going uh, yes I like do you, this do is you want your do you want your veggies first or do you want your dessert first let's go to the veggies. Uh, so, Nintendo Power, uh, the magazine, is, oh, yeah. is being uh, shut down. Uh, so, uh, you know, what, what was once just effectively a mouthpiece for Nintendo games, uh, but then, you know, recent months or issues have kind of gotten a little more independent. Uh, but apparently, um, Nintendo has decided they are no longer going to work with future. And so, uh, the jobs, people who have jobs at Nintendo Power, those are going to be rolled into other future publications, which is good The people won't be losing their jobs. But, you know, for a lot of, a lot of people, you know, our age or, you know, just a little bit younger who grew up playing, you know, Nintendo games, I mean, you know, having that issue of Nintendo Power in their mailbox every month was just like a great way to find out about games and stay excited about games and, uh... So it's, it's a little sad to see that. Now, that now I didn't realize this,
0: this was a direct result of Nintendo deciding to no longer support a third-party publication. Is, yeah, that, for, is that announced, or how, how do we know that?
2: Um, I know that just from talking with uh, other game journalists who are somewhat in the know, that apparently okay. um, you know, Nintendo is a little difficult to work with, which really shouldn't be as any surprise, I think, anyone oh, who, wow, really? yeah, <laughs> who's worked with, um, with Nintendo in terms of PR or just in general. Uh, can know that they've, you know, they've got their way of doing things, and that's kind of how they want to do it. Uh, but I, I guess they they decided, yeah, that they just, they were not uh, they were not looking, they were not going to renew the, the contract or whatever you want to call it to keep working with, with Future, and I mean, at that point, what are you going to do? It's not like you can make your own Nintendo-themed magazine without access to nintendo things so you certainly
0: couldn't do it in a timely manner and that's what print lives or dies on exactly yeah yeah
2: Yeah. so it's sad i mean there's you know there's a lot of people that you know i mean cliff Blazinski, he wrote a a pretty nice little piece about you know going away and showed his uh, a screenshot of uh his name at the top of the super mario some mario brothers game where he was like one of the top ranked people that you know sent in their scores to nintendo power so
0: uh now i'm gonna be the jerk in the room real quick uh and say for instance this week uh in real world news phyllis diller died which was kind of sad but when i hear something like that my immediate reaction is phyllis diller was still alive uh that's kind of how i feel about nintendo power yeah i I understand so i apologize to them it's okay (laughs)
2: well so now the good news yes uh the good news is that canada is finally getting the uh musician power couple that they've been waiting for uh chad kroger of nickelback and avril lavigne are getting married and their their children will rip a hole in music that's uh uh is avril lavigne that that was dessert that was dessert you're not excited
1: you're a horrible person you know that (laughs) Hey, your ex- puppy, puppy died. Oh, and <laughs> Satan's getting married.
2: You're not excited <laughs> about that? About the thought of of, of nothing but Avril Lavigne, uh, Nickelback albums for the next
0: mm.
2: two decades? Come on. Say you what, Brandon, get good. get
0: back to me when Ashley Simpson gets married. I think Ashley Simpson is married. Oh, rats! <laughs> Where was I? Why wasn't I alerted to that?
2: <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not down with the Simpsons. I'm not sure exactly.
0: Wait a minute, did I just screw up? Isn't Ashley Simpson the one who does that La La song on Elite Beat Agents? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, well, I'm I'm hipper than you guys when it comes to, like, skater boy rock. Well, skater boy, that, that skater
2: boy is definitely Avril. That's right.
0: definitely Avril. Right, but this is in that same genre. It's, uh, yeah. All right, so uh, news of the week from Brandon. Uh, a little yes. two-pronged news. I only have one prong. You know what? I'm going to do some two-pronged news. Oh, no. Ready for this? Uh, Here comes the first prong. Uh, Uh uh, (laughs) What do you guys think of the Diablo 3, I guess, update? Um, They've rebalanced a lot, all of the classes, uh, and they have decided that they are reworking legendaries, like legendary items, so that they aren't just regular magic items with flavor text. They want to give them some pizzazz, they're giving them special abilities, they're giving them special graphical effects... Um, does this make you guys want to jump back into Diablo 3 and play furiously until you find a legendary? Because that's kind of my reaction.
2: Uh, uh, no, I, I, I haven't. I, I can't jump back in. I never I never jumped in the first place.
1: All right. I uh, Yeah, I want to, I guess, in a way. But at the same time, it's also exhausting to think about because I've played so much of it.
0: Oh, so McMaster, you're kind of burned out. Uh, I feel like I'm ready for another round. Brandon, uh, you've got your Transmorphers game to play. I do, yeah. Uh, I bet you're not going to find any legendary items in Transmorphers. They may be. You don't know that. (laughs) That's a good point. They are more than meets you. Exactly. So I've heard. Uh, Now, you guys ready for the other prong? Yeah. So so I mentioned at the head of the podcast that uh, we are at the eve of Guild Wars 2 launching. Uh, Let me be more precise... Guild Wars launches – you know what? What day is the 25th? Is that Friday?
1: No, Christmas Saturday. It
0: is Saturday. That's so annoying. I've been trucking along thinking
1: – Yeah, I noticed that. I've been meaning to tell you that you've been saying the wrong day, but
0: uh, yeah. it's kind of funny. Well, I thought – yeah, so I thought come midnight Thursday I was going to be – playing guild wars 2 you know i was going to be one of those guys trying to get in the servers and getting whatever error message is is going to hit those of us who are trying to get in at midnight uh i thought it was going to be part of that thursday night it turns out it's friday night so it's the 25th that it comes out which i knew all along but the 25th is saturday so therefore guild wars 2 uh and this isn't news this is anybody who does math and dates correctly it's not me <laughs> <laughs> those, those people knew that Friday night at midnight, Guild Wars 2 launches. So, therefore, I'm canceling my Friday night plans. I was going to go clubbing. Now I'm not going to do that. You can say you're
2: washing your hair.
0: I will wash my hair instead of clubbing. No, I'm just going to say Guild Wars 2 is launching. So, you're going to have to club without me, clubbers. Uh, yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the news of the week. So, ArenaNet just sent out an email uh, saying, basically, you know, we're going to launch it Friday at midnight. That's not entirely accurate. Here's the text of the email. The email says, Hey, we're launching Friday at midnight. Uh, However, this is a quote, However, please note that in order to ensure we're fully prepared for that fateful hour, we may bring servers online up to three hours prior. If you're a player committed to getting in first to grab that character name of your dreams, you'll want to be keeping an eye on things during that time period. End quote. So therefore... Not just Friday at midnight, Friday at, by my math, 9 p.m., I will be hammering the Guild Wars 2 servers. And if I can't get online, I will be taking to various forums and posting angry messages about how it sucks because it's not online yet. So join me to start that Friday, 9 p.m. Who's with me? Uh,
2: Um, shouldn't Shouldn't you tell people not to do it then? Shouldn't oh right! You tell them it's like yes. the Jehovah's Witnesses that like they only like let one hundred fourteen thousand people in heaven, but then they're going around telling everybody. That seems self defeating to me. I don't know why you would do Bunch that.
0: Dicks. Yeah, you should probably keep that under your hat. So I'm sorry. My news of the week is that Guild Wars launch has been delayed a week. So Just, don't even think about playing until early September. I
2: definitely don't play Friday night around like nine. Yeah, that's, who yeah, would go, do that? That's right. a waste of time.
0: Yeah, re- 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 go back to your plans to go clubbing Friday go, night. Go club Guild it up. Yeah, Guild Wars 2 launch canceled. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get into some games of the week then. Jason T. McMaster, your what? game of the week is Smite. It is not Smite. Ah, rats! Right, so I guessed wrong. Uh, so you've been playing a beta of Smite. You sent me a couple of messages saying, hey, come play Smite with me. And um, you're like, No. So I had a very unpleasant experience with I I like uh Smite is a is a game in the genre called MOBAs, multiplayer online battle arenas, which is a terrible name. I I just wanna call them League of Legends clones or Dota clones or whatever. Uh I had a terrible experience with one lately that I want to recount for you, McMaster. And it's partly why I'm, I'm a little reluctant to jump into Smite, which is one of those games but it's played from a down in the in the level third person perspective. Most of them are for like up top. So there's one called Awesome Knots that I, I, I like a fair bit. I played it on the three sixty. Uh the developers at Ronimo Games, they're I think in the Netherlands, they released it for the PC a few weeks ago. So I have it set up here on my LAN, uh, and every week I've got some folks that come over, and we play games on the LAN or board games or whatever. Uh, so one night we had enough folks here to do some 3v3 awesome nights. And it's just a typical League of Legends-type game, but the, the conceit is that it's a side-scroller. So you're watching everything from the side. It, it works fine. Uh, so we're playing it, and one of the guys has apparently played it a fair bit uh and he was kind of downplaying how well he knew the game so i set up the teams appropriately it was me with a couple guys who didn't know what they were doing a couple other guys who didn't really know the game and these games work well they're they're tuned well if you can balance a team like that and the other guy who said he played it a little bit uh we're playing it for a while and he chooses the equivalent of an assassin character you know you have roles in here like healers and tanks and and there's a role that is an assassin kind of who basically can cloak and run around and, and, and gank other players. Uh, and his whole role is kind of a spoiler. When the other teams are together, he'll pick someone off. I mean, that's common to these kinds of games, is an assassin. This guy who's played a fair bit is suddenly, like, killing every one of us. He knows all these little traps where he can press a button and it drops us off with a level. Uh, you know, we look at the score. He's got, like, four levels on us, and then he's six levels higher than us. And by the time we were just like, forget this game, we're not playing anymore, I think he had something ridiculous like ten levels on us. And it just snowballs. Like, when you have one guy who's that well, you know, each kill is getting him more resources, which are experience points and money to spend on skills. This guy basically broke the game for the other five of us by just being so good and taking the real a-hole role uh, that just completely discouraged everyone from wanting to play. Uh, And I I know that's kind of what, you know, when you go online, you can run into that sort of thing, but I didn't expect to encounter that with a group of friends who I thought were kind of like casual so he kind of killed awesome knots for me and by extension a lot of these MOBA kind of <laughs> games so well, therefore I want no part of smite McMaster because some assassin dude is probably just gonna start ganking me
1: oh well, yeah no you're probably right uh, just because like all of them work that way that's that's kind of the huge
0: uh, well they all work that way but it's issue well the and it's, it's a, it's a gameplay like it's a gameplay aspect it's sort of like any sure. real-time strategy game has rushing booming and turtling and you have to like master all of those like it's the same with these MOBAs they're assassins tanks healers support like, oh yeah for the game and I, I think if you know the game really well and you jump into the assassin role you're, you're just gonna upset people in a unique way than you would upset them <laughs> if you were a really good healer or a really good tank
1: oh yeah well I, I can attest to that I have not lost a game of smite yet <laughs>
0: by the way. Oh, so you're batting a, thou- a, hundred, a thousand. A thousand. A hundred yeah. thousand. A <laughs> hundred and
1: fourteen thousand. Um, but no, the, uh, yeah, I haven't lost, uh, I haven't lost a game of Smite yet. It's, uh, all right, well maybe, maybe. It, if Go you ahead. get the, if you get the whole idea of what, uh, you know, of how all the classes work, those kind of games all kind of run the same way. Yes. And, uh, and that one is much more like uh, a MOBA that that they've actually managed to put into a 3d realm than anything else like it's it's not like super monday night combat or well i actually haven't really played much of super but regular monday night combat was just kind of like hey protect this area from a bunch of bots you know and get level ups but that's not really the same deal um but yeah it's it feels like playing something like dota
0: in the in the third person right but it's not your game of the week what happened there
1: uh, no, because I haven't played enough of it to really to really say it. Uh, so the one game I've played the most this week, mm-hmm. and I'd, I'm not sure if this is completely a good thing, but uh, something that Jab and I have been doing is playing uh, man uh, man up mode in the new Team Fortress Two. Oh, the okay. Man
2: v machine. Man versus machine. Yeah. Right. Manning it up. Yeah, it's
1: because and this is this is rich. Uh, the first night um we tried to play it is tom and uh, jab and i had been playing payday and after that uh he and i jumped into team fortress 2 because tom had to go i don't know like make a souffle or something i don't what, whatever tom does in his
0: i own. had to wash my yep. hair
1: right he had to wash <laughs> his hair
0: uh he uh, <laughs>
1: we uh fired it up and we sat in the queue for, like, 25 minutes, and then once it loaded us into a game, it dropped both of us and reset the queue. And so we were like, okay. So we went and purchased tickets. They were, like, 99 cents apiece because that's the way
0: the oh, game works. McMaster, now you were part of the problem. Ugh. First, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to hear I uh. <laughs> But anyway, uh,
1: so we were curious. Like, well, surely it's better in in that queue. So we get in there, and there's something like I have a screenshot of it. There's something like 600 empty servers, and there's like a thousand people in the queue, and our wait was still 20 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. And then once we finally got in, uh, we only had five players, and since it was the first time we ever played, we we couldn't even beat the first wave after like two hours, so I just went to bed. Um, However, in the coming days, uh, he and I both have played a good bit and have figured out uh, a lot about it, and the mode is actually pretty cool, uh, if not difficult and kind of skewed against certain classes. Um, For instance, I play uh, Pyro, which is super useful in it because the Pyro can do an air blast and uh, the bots are carrying a bomb they're trying to drop to blow up your your base. In fact, for those who don't know, uh, it's a robot invasion and you have have, uh, six players play co-op setting up kind of a, a tower defense style TF2 map where you have engineers in different classes and the robots follow certain paths and you kill them uh, to stop them from dropping this bomb. Well, the pyro can uh, air blast and knock the person with a bomb back uh, and kind of do a lot of bomb control there, other than just doing a lot of damage. And uh, Josh has been playing the uh, the spy, which wouldn't really seem like that great of a class. but they, I wouldn't they, think that. You know, you wouldn't, uh, but it's, like, super awesome uh, because in this, it's not just standard classes. You get to upgrade stuff Uh, each, each round. So, like... Uh, you get a certain amount of credits, and you have to pick up money, and you get a rating based on how much of the money you picked up, how much you let disappear, um, and you use these credits to upgrade, like, either your weapons or your player. So, the spy can upgrade the sapper, and if they do that, then it'll, like, actually knock out, like, a group of dudes for, like, five to ten seconds. Okay. Um... And there's these groups that have, like, super soldiers or super scouts or super heavies that fire, like, really fast. And they're followed by, like, healer bots that can Uber, like, immediately. So, uh, he, uh, you know, between us, he'll run up and, like, sap them uh, so I can kill the healers immediately. We kill the bigger robots and have managed to win a few games with less than six people since that. But uh, it's, uh, it's really neat. Uh, Man-up mode's not particularly worth it uh I tried it uh and uh you know uh you get like some weird rare loot at the end but that's about it. Um, and the loot is just what a like a hat for team fortress 2 or something? No, nah, it's just a loot that you can get regularly anyway. It's just kind of a guarantee that it's going to be rare and you're going to get it. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like yeah. you don't know yeah. what it is but it's just kind of like uh it's like buying a, a raffle ticket where you're guaranteed to win something.
0: Right. So, what I don't uh, understand is what uh, like is there persistent loot? Are you giving your characters gear, or is it a persistent skill upgrade? You you haven't played Team Fortress Two in a long time, have you? No. Well, I know they have like weapons and. Oh, it's that kind of stuff, I guess.
1: Right, yeah. It's like they have tons of different things. Like they've added stuff like canteens where you can purchase these type of like canteens to give yourself bonuses and stuff like that. Uh, they've added. Uh, so
0: there is gear. It's like a. It's oh, like
1: yeah. a okay. Tons of gear. Uh, and you can also craft gear uh, by breaking down right. gear and putting it together. Um,
0: and so okay. all that is part of the man versus machine mode as well
1: oh sure yeah anytime you play team fortress you know it's funny even if you play team fortress on a lan you get unlocks we discovered that a long time ago where you can just like set up a lan server with bots on it and get achievements and unlocks
0: all right i like
1: that so, uh yeah
2: like, uh, left for dead you could do you could get a ton you could get tons of achievements by just doing uh not system oh. link, but just like uh against bots
1: Sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's that's the thing with Team Fortress 2, is if you want to like dig into it, you can pretty much set up any server with bots. I mean, depending on how well they'll play, you know, depending on how well the map's designed, but you can make a nav pattern for any of those maps, and the bots will follow it. Um, but yeah, I've uh, been playing a good bit of that. Um, other than that, just mostly Counter-Strike, Global Offensive some, but not as much as TF2 at this point. All right. So you've been a real Valve fan this week. Yeah, sort of. I mean, uh, I've always been a Team Fortress fan, and uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: gl- Counter-Strike's in my blood. Uh, I can't help it.
2: All right. Does it, does it complete
0: you?
1: It does complete <laughs> me when I pwn when I a noob.
0: Did it have you at hello? Yeah. It, t- <laughs> it
1: had me at AWP, <laughs> <laughs> which is great because if you, you have Global Offensive, it unlocks an AWP for Team Fortress too.
0: I don't know what that is. Is that is that a robot that turns into a gun?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's a it's the one shot, uh, one kill sniper rifle from Counter Strike.
0: Oh, I could I could totally imagine you with that. Uh, okay, I'm, only if you're on my team can you use that. By the way,
1: sure. Yeah, we should play Counter Strike sometime, Tom. That'd be a good time.
0: Counter Strike. That's like going back and watching an old black and white movie, isn't it? Like well, who, the uh... who has time? Who can be bothered with that old stuff? The new Counter-Strike is kind of weird. They added
1: several modes to it to make it kind of uh, friendlier, I think. Like, um, they added this mode where it, it's instant spawn, so it's not just like one life per round. And uh, you start like with a, a crappy weapon, and then as mm-hmm. soon as you kill someone, your weapon gets upgraded to the next best
0: weapon. I, I know how that's going to work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the uh, the air pistol, the little uh, sure. air gun for the whole game. The, the air pistol. <laughs> I
1: swear to God, what kind
0: of terrorist would carry an air pistol like, how do you uh, know maybe i'm a not, counter-terrorist
2: a bunch of c4 carrying guys with red riders busted down right. <laughs> ralphie from a christmas story went down a dark path you know what? Exactly why they're terrorists they
0: put their eyes out they're exactly all all right. master i might even chip a tooth if you don't watch it
1: uh but they are oh, good lord they also uh, added a um What's weird, uh, they added a classic competitive and classic casual. And competitive means you have to, it's just like classic Counter Strike, except with new graphics. But, uh, casual is interesting because it starts you with armor. You don't have to buy armor, stuff like that. So it's, uh, that's pretty cool. Now,
0: can I be casual when everybody else is playing competitive? Because I think that would be fair.
1: I agree. Oh. So- yeah, oh you are you're <laughs> So McMaster,
0: you can take your AWD and uh Brandon and I are gonna be casual, we're gonna be armored and uh yeah. and that's that's we're up with that. We're down with that. All right. right, yeah. Well you can just fall behind <laughs> All right, you take point. McMaster, you're on point. If anybody's shooting at us, intercept the bullets with your body. I will try to.
2: Shoot them out <laughs> or- of the air with your AWP.
0: Yeah, yes. You- uh, all right, so my game of the week, real quick, before we transition to... Uh, Bra- By the way, Brandon, your last name, since it's like a, a mouthful, can I just call you Brandon C.S.?
2: That's perfect.
0: Okay. Lewis. Now, when you when you hear that, do you think customer support or computer science? Neither. CS all right. <laughs> oh, C.S. Lewis. I like that. Yes,
2: that's me. <laughs> I'm down with the narns. The Narns.
1: Well, I've always said that about you. Like, Aslan and Brandon.
2: I, we're, we're tight. Yeah.
1: Is <laughs> that he's, he's, Brandon. He knows all about Narnia. I bet he's been on the Dawn Treader. I've said that every day whenever someone mentions you, which is constant.
0: Uh, Now, before we get to Brandon C.S.'s game, uh, let me do my game of the week. I I did something a little different this week. My game of the week, uh, just because I have a copy here, and I'm going to prove it by banging it on the microphone. Here we go. That right there, my game of the week, is Madden NFL 13. Oh, Uh, nice. Yeah, I'm going to do a review right here for for you guys. Madden NFL 13 Review by Tom Chick. Madden NFL 13 has physics you can feel. Madden NFL 13 (laughs) delivers next generation gameplay today. The all-new Infinity Engine delivers real-time physics ensuring no two plays will ever look or feel the same. And look and feel, those are in, in caps. Uh-huh. um let's see
2: as they should be
0: yep uh madden nfl 13 has uh i can't read it all new connected careers oh, okay. uh okay uh yeah new announcing team uh better with connect uh you know what never mind that last part
1: <laughs> it's probably
0: uh, not yeah i don't <laughs> uh madden nfl 13 it has uh, a, a fairly large well he's like a very fit black gentleman um, and he's wearing, like, a, a helmet in case the ball, like, if, if, you're, if you're playing NFL 13, if the ball, like, hits you on the head, you can be injured. So this, this fellow's got a helmet on. Uh, he has a mustache. Uh, and he's doing, uh, like, jazz hands. Um, his, so you, yeah. you
2: know, it'll fit. This works for you because his nickname is Megatron.
0: Right. Oh, snap. Well, on. Where does it say that? Well, it doesn't. I
2: just know who he is. So, so when, so you know, what, this is good for you because you know for your your Transformers uh, Cybertron Chronicles multiplayer, right? Yeah. So
0: this this is Megatron on the cover of Madden NFL 13. That's his nickname. Yes. Mm,
1: what is he of course, to? you would know. Trans- a wealthy wealthy man
2: I was gonna say yeah <laughs> he, he either transforms into a, a wealthy sportscaster or a guy with a uh, serious uh, brain damage uh, <laughs> he's, at the end of his career either way it's entertaining to watch he
0: does have the he does have the superhero hat on thing though so I think he's protected he's like worried about the brain damage contingency yeah, so I hope he's got that covered yeah um, uh, and uh, let's see what else can I say about it? I give this game uh, I give it three stars. <laughs> I, I would give it four stars if he had, like, you know, if he had, like, a bow and arrow or something cool like that. But he doesn't, so it gets three stars. And I would give it two stars, except that it comes with this kind of fuzzy wallet thing that, that, that like, here, I'm going to open it. See, it opens with Velcro, and you can put, like, your, wallet, your driver's license and your, your health insurance you card. Sing star uh, bag. Wow. Yeah, and it's got – oh, oh, it's hollow. Oh, look, oh, it's a wristband. You put it on your wrist – and then you won't lose your wallet and your Social Security card or whatnot when you're, when you're walking around. So I would have given it two stars. but This actually might be some GameStop tie-in because there's a GameStop logo on it. But it comes with this. If it didn't come with this, it would have gotten two stars. If he had a bow and arrow or like a machine gun or if the gloves did something like let him climb walls, it would be four stars. But instead, Madden NFL 13, I give it three stars. And there's my review.
1: Need, I need, like, uh, like, a last Boy Scout football game or something.
0: Hey, whoa, whoa, too soon. Too yeah, soon, McMaster. Yeah, That's yeah. just out of line, buddy.
2: What? Is it since the last Boy Scout? Well, Tony Scott <laughs> passed away. Oh, God,
1: okay. That was one of his? I didn't even Yeah. How dare, How dare you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I like the his. movie. I didn't realize it was Tony Scott, yeah, though. Yeah, awesome. I love that movie. It's pretty freaking awesome for a movie that got panned.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's got football in it, so I don't remember a lot about it. But uh, I give—I guess give, I give it doesn't have much football. I give it three stars. <laughs> but, but there's a guy uh, that's, yeah. Last Boy Scout
2: or Madden 13? Both. They okay. both get three stars from me. Yeah. I don't think
0: that's fair. <laughs> I think four
1: stars for Last Boy Scout. I think you're a sellout. I'm going to report you to
2: Metacritic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so there's my game of the week. Now, I actually... I'm looking forward to getting to what I suspect is Brandon C.S.'s Game of the Week because uh, uh, I think we've not. both played it. Uh, yeah. What do you mean not? <laughs> that would be hilarious if he chose something else. I was like, yeah, that, was, that would be pretty
2: funny, actually.
1: Actually, it's Transformers. I was lying. <laughs> That's right. I've been playing it this whole time.
0: <laughs> I, I did choose the music based on what I hope you're going to pick because the music, I just was like, what's the song that has the word dark? In, in the title. So All I
1: got to say is, I want to be Dean Lerner. Who doesn't? Well, okay. Fair
0: enough. Fair enough. Uh, if you really want to be Dean Lerner, played by Richard A.O. Day in <laughs> Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, uh, McMaster, you need to see The Watch. With uh, No, you told me not to. I know. But if you really are a Dean Lerner fan, if you are a fan, you need to see The Watch. You need to see a movie he directed called Submarine. Uh,. I haven't seen submarine, but I've seen a bunch of his other stuff. All right, uh, but so uh, let's see. So Brandon CS, does your game of the week have the word "dark" in the title? It does, indeed. Yes, sweet. What is it? Rock and roll. Dark watch. Uh, dark watch. It, It's, it's,
2: it's dark. Dark Siders two, ladies and gentlemen. Dark Siders two. It's my game of the week. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I'm. I check my time. I think I'm like wow. Well, the last time I checked my time, which was a couple of days ago, I was like 21 hours into it. Mm-hmm. and i just am really really enjoying this game but tom i i have to say uh with your review apparently you are a much better dark 2 player than i am because you you i got the uh, impression that you felt the combat was not uh not all that difficult and i am getting uh i mean i'm having some some
0: difficulties in sure. certain spots well let's talk because i think one of the differences so i i've also been playing uh i like it quite a bit i give it three stars. Uh, but but uh, I, I do like it, and I, I think one of the differences between us, and I want to talk about this, is I've been playing on normal. You oh, want yeah. the achievement, so you're slogging away at apocalyptic, which well, means... Yeah, yeah. So it, I think that right there necessarily yeah. going to mean you're having a yes. tougher time with the combat than I am.
2: It's not just achievement-based, although that is something to do with it. I really... Uh, I felt this way about the first one, and mm-hmm. I, I feel this way about this one. I feel like... Apocalyptic is is the kind of the proper challenge level uh, for this game. Uh, I feel like um, that normal would be a bit too easy. And like you were talking about how you know the different abilities, they don't really seem to to necessarily go well together. But an apocalyptic is where I think the combination of the the different skills, uh, mapping that out right, being able to craft your weapons with some forethought. um and 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 then the combat itself knowing which moves to use and when and what because of based on your skills and what they get you i think it all really comes together very well uh on apocalyptic
0: well there's Um, definitely a sense of a character build that you're working with it's a combination of the moves that you rely on but also mainly the gear and your your choice of skills Uh, right and i'm guessing that when you when you amp up the difficulty like you've done the importance of those things also increases proportionately like like because it's more difficult you're going to have to finesse those things uh, a lot more right Um, right and you're going to see the differences come into play more yeah
2: right right you know like the the thing that i like about it uh particularly on apocalyptic is that you know there's a lot of kind of uh uh, like like little, you'll you, you'll kind of be climbing a peak in difficulty, and you'll get to the top of the peak, and you kind of feel like, okay, this this is not too much, but this is a this is a really uh, really good challenge. And then you'll beat that boss, and you'll get a weapon or something that then kind of lets you kind of skate down the mountain a bit, and then kind of start that climb uh, back again. It's not just an ever increasing you know, ramp of difficulty. It, it, it kind of gives, it has ebbs and flows. And I, and I like that. I think that if you, you know, like, if you, like, for example, the, the, the boss, you have the third kind of dead guy that you have to get for the bone Lord, where you're fighting the guy with the swords and the big spider. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, those arm band blades that you get are awesome because they, they steal hit a health with every single hit. Right. Well, well that makes your, that kind of changes up your, your strategy. And then it allows you to kind of get through some of the next fights, particularly in the, the Well of Souls or whatever it's called, City of the Dead, a lot more easily because, you know, you can kind of go toe-to-toe with some of these guys and kind of be getting health as you're fighting them.
0: Well, now let me, let me just, as a, as a counterpoint, say that at that point in the game, when I got those, that uh, and that's kind of a scripted uh, item you're going to get. There are a few of these throughout the game. But when I got those, I was already stealing health with the crow ability. Like one of the, there's an ability tree, and you can give the basic ability, and as you get skill points, you can put more points in the ability to improve it and to add new effects. So the build I was rocking at that point, I'm just popping off crows to get, I think it's even wrath and health, but the crows are healing me up. So I I was already kind of using that character build when the game dumped into my lap a weapon. So that didn't help me so much. Um, Okay. And I also kind of feel like even on normal, you get some of that ebb and flow that you're talking about where you hit this jump in gear quality that makes it that much easier to skate through the next several encounters. Uh, I think the difference is the resistance of the game pushing back is much greater when you're playing on apocalyptic. I think you still get the same ebb and flow. Um, but just, if my guess too, Brandon, and I would love to be wrong about this, is that on apocalyptic, the monsters just do more damage and have more hit points. Um,
2: uh, they do. I think you're, but I think as a result of that, I think they do a pretty significant amount more damage. So. Right.
0: Well, you mentioned, like, early on, like, getting one shot. Like, like apparently, you've really well, got to be careful about dodging in a way that I didn't You have do, to.
2: Yeah, you you do. And 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 using the death grip as well, so to kind of right. pull yourself close to guys, know when to hit, and kind of... You know, like, one of the best things I did, and it was completely unintentional, was just because I was playing another great game. But, like, playing Witcher 2, specifically on dark before this game like was great because you know on witcher 2 you can't just wade into a group of guys and start swinging away like you have to roll uh and and that's kind of the same way here is like knowing you know when when to roll and 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 listening for the cues as to when guys are going to attack because you know one of the things this game loves to do more than any game that i usually play is kind of start you off in a fight and bring in one big bad guy and then bring in another big bad guy and then bring in two more big bad guys so that, you know, you have potentially up to three huge beasties all trying to kill you at the same time. So, like, get queuing in on those oral cues as to, okay, what kind of attack they're going to do or just watching and. and being mindful of where they are so that you know when you have to dodge and all that stuff it just becomes a much bigger thing here because you know some of these guys they hit you once they then chain that into two three more hits and then next thing you know you're you're burning through health potions
0: now here's where uh, i'm curious what you feel about one of my complaints is you talk about like watching for the hits and stuff If I'm just fighting one guy, that's fine. I can do that. But so many of the battles, like you mentioned, they'll fold in new guys, and you've also got the smaller, I don't know if you want to call them trash mobs or whatever, but that the weaker dudes just kind of nipping at your heels. The screen gets so crowded, and I feel like it it, can, yes. and, And so I can't, you know, the finessing you're talking about, all I can do is just kind of roll out of the mass and wait for one of them to walk up to me. Like, Like, I feel like... I'm I'm missing a lot of what's going on just because there's so much, for lack of a better word, visual noise in Darksiders too.
2: See, I don't know if I would call it visual noise so much okay. as as one of the things they also like to do is just have these fights in very cramped spaces. Uh, which is kind of a cheap way of increasing the difficulty. Uh, And so, you know, the visual noise to me isn't necessarily because, you know, you see the effects of your hits and the numbers and all that stuff. It's because, you know, you're in a very small area and and these are really big guys. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I, I do get that. And I think the lock-on system and just kind of the way that you change targets, it's just very, very uh, sensitive. So it's really easy to, you know, as you're – moving around to kind of lose focus on the guy that you wanted to have focus on.
0: Um, and where that, there are a few battles, too, where I thought, okay, cool, here's a nifty tactical challenge, and I feel like the game won't let me tackle the challenge because of that screwy lock-on. And specifically, I'm talking about there are these floating, I think they're called constructs, oh, they're like these floating stone heads, oh, and yeah. they'll, they'll buff oh. the guys underneath them. Yes. So I it's right. real yeah. easy to, to go to your pistol and shoot them, you know, when, when they lower their defenses, and you just empty a, a clip from your pistol and they're dead. But the difficult part is, is targeting them. Yes uh yes. and then and then later there's also so a really cool enemy called uh a wraith that has a jar that he pours out oh,
2: that's the lich
0: the wraith Oh lich wraith. yes you're right the yes so the lich pours out a jar and he resurrects or, or raises a bunch of skeletons which is a cool effect i love that take on liches they later on turn him into this kind of something called an inferno i think and he's like this ranged fireball caster but it's the same Kind of character, uh, and the idea is there's going to be a lot of like trash mobs around there, and you need to take him out, or he's going to keep spawning new guys. And it's just so annoying trying to target that guy. I know that's what the game wants me to do, is because if I keep focusing on skeletons, he's just going to make more. So I need right. to target him. So that's another thing where all the visual noise and uh, and uh, you know you don't want to use that term. That's fine. Just just how much is happening on screen? We can put it that way. That combined with the targeting makes me feel like i I, am just i just need to spaz out on a few moves and power through this battle
2: well definitely Uh, you know like i had a fight in the city of the dead with liches and and a bunch of guys who now i was lucky because i i needed health and i was like oh thank you skeletons you can be my little little health (laughs) boost but yeah i mean i have a it's called harvest and basically you know he's he swings his skites around in this giant circle and you you know just kind of use that to uh to take care of guys, but but you know, but yeah, it, it is it is somewhat difficult. You know, once you, you know, once you get a lock on, you're like, well, I don't want to touch the right thumbstick because then, right. <laughs> you know, then it's gone. But it's like, well, you kind of need that right thumbstick if you want
0: to,
2: you know, you want to be able to uh to move around and just just be effective. But but yeah, so, I mean,
0: so the, the combat's working for you. I mean, that's uh, yeah. And that's certainly one of, I would say, three pillars of, of Darksiders 2. Uh, and I would maybe say, maybe, I would be curious if you agree with this, the other two pillars are the, the world exploration and the traversal yeah. stuff. Well, I would think the, loot, the loot's in there, too. Ah, yes, sure. No, absolutely. Yep, yep. Cause that's, wow. And that's one of the really big additions. However, now, Brandon, I would say, like, I don't, loot seems to me like it's, it's exclusively a facet of combat. Actually, that's not entirely true because you earn loot through the world exploration. So you know what? I would retract that. Uh, I mean, it only helps you in combat. It doesn't help you with the world exploration. It doesn't help you with traversal. Um, well,
2: I mean, it can. I mean, there's some. Well, I'm trying to think. Of some, I'm trying to think of some of the talismans that you get as in like the, the, oh. the, dead, the dead tombs. I mean, there are ones that kind of help you find more loot
0: and. Well, there's, there's one, like, and here's where they, they do things. I'm sorry to steal your thunder, but there's yeah. just things I want to jump in, and, and, and you probably know about this. But, but here's one of the, like, I love discovering stuff like this. Early on, you get a talisman called the Bloodless Talisman, and its stats do nothing. Like, it doesn't add to anything. And yeah. the, the text just says, this will help you kill the bloodless Who oh, yeah, there's yeah, a little yeah, yeah. lore. And I was like, this, what, what am I going to do with that? It won't let you sell it, which is good, because I would have accidentally sold it and thought it was worthless. But once I later found out what that was and what it did and where it came into place, And it had everything to do with exploring the world and these cool little side quests and collectibles they put in the world. So there's an example, I think, where the loot, it's it's not apparent early on. And Darksiders loves to do that, like just hold, play close to the vest some of its cool aspects. Um, So there's a piece of loot that once I found out what it did, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um,
2: Yeah, yeah. And there's a bunch of little things like that where they don't don't seem to have any kind of like combat benefit but like one of them for example that you get and you know so like when you get the the, the, the book of the dead pages right and then you sell them to Vulgrim, and they open up those tombs well no. one of the go ahead one of the talismans you get is basically it just if you pick up a common item it's now better ah you know so it doesn't have a you know there's no there's no combat benefit to it but it's like okay well that'll uh you know that'll help me get a little scratch down the line if i need it
0: Okay, so here, then again, this is something that immediately comes to mind. So, then, do, am I supposed to like keep that talisman equipped when I'm picking up treasure, and then swap to another one when I'm fighting? Because well, if that so, would be,
2: yeah, I mean that would be the the wise move. I don't, you know, that it's kind of kludgy, but yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Okay. Yeah. In that case, I, I, I mean, I like the idea of it. I'm not happy with the loot management stuff, like a lot of that. And maybe that's just a facet of trying to manage lists and screens full of loot with a gamepad. I, I don't know. Maybe people yeah. with a mouse have it easier. Um, but at what, so tell me a bit about, so I've collected. I love the collectibles in here. One of the collectibles are these uh, these chapter pages for the Book of the Dead. And whenever you get ten of them, you uh, assemble a chapter in the Book of the Dead, and you bring them to Volgrim, one of the cool characters from the first game. Uh, he's given me things, and, and and supposedly this unlocks the doors with the colored locks. Is that right, Brandon?
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, no, I, I can't get
0: into those. How does that work? Well, you,
2: well, you, there's only certain ones. So, like the first one, it's the door with the, the colored lock, and it, it's tied to. Your progression and through the story. So the first tomb you can open is in the the Forge Lands. So you sell. Oh, it
0: doesn't open all tombs like that. Right. Right. Specific door.
2: Right. And then the second one is in the Land of the Dead, and then the third one's in Lost Light, and then the fourth ones I don't remember where.
0: Oh, so I need to go back because I couldn't tell that. Like I knew that the the chapters somehow related to these doors, and I went to several of the doors that i'd seen, and it wouldn't let me in, so I thought later on in the game I would know more, but then I got to the end of the game, and I'd never gone into any one of those, so the idea yeah. is I need to go back to the Forge lands door and then I can get into that one,
2: yeah, like the Forge lands one it's in the nook uh, there's like okay. a there's like a path in the nook the um the land of the dead. It's if you go to the Lair of the deposed king, and you go all the way down at the right. bottom of the staircase. It's in there.
0: Yep. I, and yeah. That, yeah. And there's also a blood list down there too. Like I think that's where I first realized. Oh yeah, the bloodless Yeah. Yep. Uh, now, uh,
2: but uh, while we... still talking about loot, like one of the things I didn't realize is like the strategy behind how you how you feed your possessed weapons. Like I didn't know right. that. I thought it was just completely random what attributes uh, they get, but actually it's 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 not random. It's based on what you feed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's, like, I've been reading, like, all these threads of people that are saying, okay, here's how you make these, like, really awesome awesome weapons. And it all basically has to do with, you know, finding the right things to feed the uh, to feed the possessed weapons and when to do it so that you can get, you know, these weapons that best maximize kind of the builds and stuff uh, that you're doing. And I, and I, I like the fact that, you know, that's just something... You know, you can kind of learn by just kind of ticking around, but um, I mean, maybe it's it's clear in the in the manual, but you know, in the the, the copy that I have didn't come with a manual, uh, so you know, I, it's just kind of like people are like, well, it's kind of an ex- inexact science the way they're they're describing it that they're not they're not really sure exactly how it works, but they know there's some correlation there. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I, I like that as well, but it breaks my heart when I feed it you know i take this possessed weapon and i spend all of these items by feeding it which actually i shouldn't mind because i've not really found a viable money like i've got more money by the time i finish than i knew what to do with so it's not like i needed to sell these items you might as well feed them to the possessed items but it breaks my heart to feed up a possessed item to its limit and then out level it you know an hour later uh, yeah. But I guess that's that's just gear churn. I mean, that's not yeah. really something that, that Darksiders 2 is trying to solve. Uh, just gear churn in general breaks my heart, especially when I'm invested enough in a weapon that I made it. Uh, right, yeah. right. Um,
2: well, so, I'm, I'm kind of looking at that. I'm looking towards to the Crucible, you know, doing the uh, yeah, yeah. whole hundred levels in one sitting so that I can go fight, uh,
0: what's his name, the guy with the top hat. Oh, that's I, who Mr. K is? Yeah, Slash. yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, exactly. because there's an yeah. achievement. The only reason I know yeah. about that is there's an achievement. So I'm going to kill Mr. K, and yeah. I never saw anyone named Mr. K. So he's the guy waiting at the end of the Crucible.
2: Well, only if you do it in one sitting. So if oh. you do all 100 waves in one sitting, he is level 101. And then you, you beat him and you get the achievement.
0: Okay, now, Brandon, in theory, as a guy who loves horde modes, it sounds awesome. But I got through like 20 levels of the Crucible and was just like, F this. I'm, I'm going to go play the game. I, I just don't want to sit here because it's all combat. It's nonstop. You know, you do five levels, and the guy is like, hey, do you want yeah. your prize and you want to bail, or do you want to go five more levels? And I did that through a few waves and was just like, forget this. I, I'm not enough into the combat. I'm, I'm missing the exploration and the traversal stuff. I, I don't want to sit here and do this. So, Brandon, CS, you're a better man than I if you ever get to Mr. K, that's i uh,
2: I'm going to try. I'm definitely yeah, going
0: to
2: try. It, does it have
1: something kind of like Batman's uh, challenge modes or anything? That's, I think, what the. Wouldn't you say the
2: Crucibles kind of like that, Brandon? Um, yeah, I think the I think the, the Batman Challenger maps are definitely a lot better. You know, well, they are the awesome. challenge that, maps. That were, game like, is awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, in terms those are of based any, too on scoring, like trying to do better with a wave. Yeah. This is just this is just a pers- an endurance thing, wouldn't you say, Brandon? Uh, yes, uh, yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. Now the one that the the one that I liked uh, because you didn't have to do it all in one sitting. Uh, have you been to the Soul Arbiters Maze yet?
2: um i am still getting the the scrolls and whatever in order to to to
0: to get through it and do you know like how the scrolls relate to the maze like do you know how all that works
2: yeah i mean it seems like the scrolls like they'll tell you directions like like at each floor you have to go different directions and in one way you get loot and another way you get to the next floor is that right
0: Basically, but it looks to me like you could just wander aimlessly through the maze forever. And it's not a maze in the conventional sense where you're, you're looking at a layout. It's just a room with four exits, you know, northwest. Oh, East. okay. You pick one of the exits, and it's this identical room. Four exits, northwest. East. You pick an exit, identical room. You pick another exit, identical room. You could wander in there through Eternity. However, what you will find amongst the collectibles, and I love this idea, are for each level, there are ten levels in the maze, you find directions that basically say north, north, south, west, north. And that's the path to the exit, to the next Uh, level. Uh But then you also find uh, a scroll that gets you to that level's special treasure cache which will say, like, east, west, north, south, you know, something like that. And these these directions make no sense. Like, you can go north, north, and then south again, and you're not necessarily back in the same room. Like, it's some extra-dimensional thing. And and trying to go through that without these scrolls, I don't know what the point would be. It would just drive you batty. Uh, But it's kind of like, here's this infinite... It's almost like that movie Cube, this extra-dimensional maze that you will be in here for eternity unless you show up with a scroll that tells you where to go. So I would find the scrolls and think, okay, here's the the secret thing at this level, here's how to get to the next level, and there are ten levels of that. So that's much more my speed than the Crucible. So that's more of a kind of like find this collectible, work your way through this path, as opposed to the Crucible, which is just, you know, how long can you hold out in in the combat mode. Yeah.
2: now, is there a way
0: to to read the scrolls while you're in the maze? Yeah, you just call up your, uh, you go to your loot, and you just look under your little collectibles panel. Oh, okay. And you've I got, got you. a list of all the scrolls. Because I was wondering about that, too, Brandon. I would find, before I even knew what the maze was. And yeah, it had, you'd see the I'm writing bad. on the wall. and yeah. yeah, and I love that Darksiders does this. Like, I would get this, and, and it would tell me these directions in a maze that I hadn't found, and I didn't know what it did, and I was like, whatever. And so later, when I go to the maze, I'm like, wait a minute. I recall reading something about this. Let me look in my inventory. Ah, there it is. Oh, that must be what these directions mean. Like, I love how Darksiders makes me feel smart, and, and this especially works this way with the puzzles, uh, and right. doesn't just, like, explain, like, it, it walks so carefully, this fine line between hand-holding and being just really obtuse. Uh, right, yeah. And so I I, I really like that part of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let, I mean, let's,
2: go ahead. No, I mean, in a similar way, I mean, I, I like the fact that, like, it lets you wander into encounters you're just not prepared for.
0: Yeah, now you've um, mentioned that. So what uh, what did you do, Brandon? Where were you well, going I, where supposed to there, be?
2: Well, there's a there's a dungeon called the Weeping Crag, and it's kind of on the way to going where you're supposed to uh, at the very beginning of the game. And I kind of went in this hallway, and I was swimming along, and I go in this room, and all of a sudden this giant tree, like a murderous ent, uh, came after me and he was like one hit killing me and i was like just wailing on him dodging sticking moving and just not doing anything to him and i must have spent uh between two different sessions about an hour's worth of time and you figure this is right at the beginning i had gotten the game and you know i got it from thq so it's not like i had like a you know it's not like i had there's like anything to to go off of it I'm just like wow apocalyptic is really really hard like there's just no way that I'm going to be able to keep doing this on apocalyptic like this is ridiculous I mean I'm all for a challenge but come on Um, so I uh, I went online and thankfully you know someone had uh, already written to a Darksiders wiki that This guy, they're like, oh, yeah, he's real high level. You're probably not ready to go up against him, uh, you know, at the very beginning.
0: You know, I bet, you know, I I couldn't find that. That must be Gorewood. Yeah, Gorwood, yeah. Ah, because I couldn't Uh, find that guy. So that's you later get a quest, and this is another example of how the game is built. You later get a quest to kill these sort of sub-bosses throughout the world, and one of them in the Forge Lands is named Gorwood. And I always got the waypoint to go to the Weeping Crag, but I couldn't find where he was. Like, I never found that guy. So when you mention a murder and it doesn't tell you anything about it, just that his name is Gorwood. So when you mention a murderous ent, I'm like, oh, that must be that dude.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so I, uh, you know, I was kind of reading it, uh, you know, and it said that, and I was like, wait a minute, am I not supposed to be fighting this guy? Is this like not, you know, not part of what I'm supposed to do? And I looked at my map, and sure enough, it's like, you're not supposed to be here. And I was like, oh, oh, look at that. My quest marker is all the way on the other side of, uh, of the map, and I'm dicking around here. And so, you know, so I, I, you know, I gained some levels, and then I went back, and I totally, uh, totally destroyed him. And I got a really rad, uh, I got a really rad mace, uh, or actually I guess it was a mall or a club, whatever you want to call it, uh, that I couldn't use for uh, a number of levels. <laughs> oh, they're level limited. I did not know that. Oh yeah, yeah, you had to be level ten. And I was okay. like level
0: five. Well, I did the same thing with a, a fella called I think he's just called the Deposed King. Uh, in that I found yeah. his lair, and I was like, I'm going to explore this lair. And I went down there, and, and again, he's this crazy like ice golem, skeleton constructy kind of thing. Uh, and I kept fighting him, and I, I, I thought he was just like a random encounter, like a little optional. And it turns yeah. out he's part of he's the he's the very end dude yep. on that 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 list of hunting for for bosses. Yeah, I
2: mean, similarly, there's a dungeon called uh, maybe maybe it's the Nook. Yeah, it's the Nook because Gorou or your whatever his name is, he's in the Weeping Crag in the Nook. There's this, it's called Bethel, uh, and and you you kind of you you kind of get to the basement. You kind of just see this phoenix thing just kind of flying around. Yep, yep. Uh, and you're like, okay, well I can't get over there because I don't have at the time I the death trip. and that's that's actually one of them.
0: Right, right. Like some of them, you can't get to into like so that. That's partly how they limit some of the exploration. Is you need to unlock the particular like traversal mechanic. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, now, uh, have you have you looked into it all? There's a there's a construct in the Forge Lands named Oren, and he's missing his yeah. right leg, his right arm, his yeah. left leg, his left arm. Have you assembled any pieces of him, or do you know what yeah. happens with him?
2: Uh, I have. A, I've gotten like one or two of them. I have not finished that.
0: Okay. Because that's one of the rare quests where you don't get anything until you find all the pieces. Because I got one of his limbs, and I went trotting happily back to him to say, Hey, look what I found, and he couldn't have shared less. He's like, whatever, dude. (laughs) Yeah, where's the other three parts? Uh, Whereas, on the other hand... uh, uh, earth root, or there's a, there's another small construct who's in a little green patch in a frozen oh, area. yeah, with all the little stones. Yeah, yeah, so you, you find these glowing stones, and if you shoot them, you collect them. Uh, I got, like, all the way near the end of the game, and I just had a huge stash of these things thinking I needed to max out each collection. And as I was near the end of the game, I was like, well, you know what? I, I need to go sell a bunch of stuff. I'm going to buy some better equipment. I might as well go bring these to this dude. And it turns out that there are different kinds of gems that you collect that give you different kinds of rewards in increments of three so oh, i, I know that. yeah that guy any gems you have bring them to him because he'll give you skill points he'll give you uh i think i don't i don't think any of them are just straight up money like they're all little you you, you give well, it's them like your, the relics it is the relics that's it, exactly
2: yeah you did know no because the relics that you get from uh from oh, your, that's right, palace
0: yeah and the smoking jacket yeah So he wants the relics, that's right, and then uh, they're just gems or, yeah, but it, so uh, does Ostagoth take relics in threes?
2: No, Ostagoth just will sell, so there's three different kinds of relics, but in each one, so one of them he'll give you $3,000, one of them he'll give you health and wrath, and one of them he'll give you a skill point
0: oh that's right right it does okay well then I, maybe i'm confused about what you get from the relics and what you get from the stones for the Earthroot guy maybe they are the same thing but at any rate the point being uh what i like about these collectibles is you don't have to like max out your collection just as you find groups of them you can cash them in and you're not just getting money you know you're getting the permanent improvements you're getting the skill points i really yeah. like that a lot yeah yeah um yeah so uh what's going on that you haven't finished the game are you stuck brandon cs
2: no no it's it's just it's just i it's i mean i you know i i only with school having started up my kids have a lot of like after school activity type things that kind of go and then right i I think because i've been doing so much side well one apocalyptic i mean that i mean there's there's certain fights uh, it may take me a half an hour to get through one fight um and then, uh, and then I just I cannot resist all the little side areas. I mean, the smart thing would be just to plow through and finish it. But at now, this point, at this point, what does it matter? So
0: you can scale down dynamically. You can just go into the game settings and scale down to normal. If you I to. I could do that, but then I wouldn't get the achievement. So you know, what? put one of your kids on the line real quick. I want to ask them to do something for me on your Xbox. They're they're in bed by now. So. <laughs> Uh, uh, here's here's something I want to present to you, friends. Yes, and I'm curious what you think. Dark Two is a little too long.
2: Um, see, I don't i I think if I were I don't know, because I kind of break up my time with it. Has somewhat been broken up. I'm not feeling that. Um, okay. I've heard uh, that the, the the third act, or maybe it's the third act, can kind of drag some. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I guess for me, the only reason I say that is at this point in time, with as much time as I put into it, when I was playing Skyward Sword, I just was like, "I'm done. I'm not. I'm not doing this anymore." <laughs> um, and I don't feel like that now. I, I feel like like I'm going to stop playing it so that I can play Transformers and get that wrapped up uh, for review purposes. But I, I kind of am really irritated that I actually have to stop. Um, so I, I I I don't feel the length right now. That's not to say that I won't. Uh, but but right now I don't.
0: You do have a good point, too, about how they break up the experience, and they let you, you know, if you just plow through it, which is what I was doing at first, and it's it's a mistake. I mean, it's not the way to appreciate the game. If you just plow through the dungeons sequentially uh, without doing any of the collection quests or without doing things like, like hey, what's over here? Or, you know, I'm going to do the Soul Arbiter's Maze for a while. Like, if you don't break up the experience, I think it definitely does feel too long, Um just because the dungeon stuff is, uh, I want to say samey, in that each dungeon is like any other dungeon for the most part in terms of how they're laid out. And they have different skins, and some of them will gradually fold in different puzzle mechanics. You know, they do that portal thing eventually. Yeah. Uh, so it it just feels like... It, it just feels samey. Like, but once you get to the final dungeon and you're doing all that stuff, like you have to get over there and pull that switch. It's not that much different from the first dungeon. You have okay. to get over there and pull that switch. And I, I just feel like that gimmick basically gets used a lot as... Uh, it almost feels like filler by the time it's over. Uh, like, I, I wish they had varied the dungeons a little bit more. Um, okay. But, you know, I, the thing is, it wasn't, like, I, I never was like, I'm done with this game. Like, I wanted to see what was next. I wanted to see what the next boss was. Uh, and I could think of far worse ways to, to do filler. But it just feels like the dungeon just felt so, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to do this dungeon. I'm going to have to. And, and there's also this sense of each of the puzzles being laid out. Like, I never really got lost and had to wander around and find out what to do next. I, I always felt like it was kind of clearly laid out in front of me. So I could kind of put my brain on half power and just get through the dungeon, and then it would be over. Uh, and a lot of the solutions are certainly gratifying, but after a while I was kind of hip to the fact that, uh, you know, this is pretty straightforward and maybe even a little too easy. I don't, I don't know. I'm torn. Yeah, between... I mean, they, they, they definitely
2: do. I think they want you to ex- kind of explore and, and and play with things, but I, I really I don't think their intention is for you to be like stuck scratching your head,
0: right? And and where I did get stuck scratching my head, I mean where they do that sometimes is like you'll see a chest off somewhere. Yes. You like, how do I get over there? And what happened for me is because the economy, I mean, I ended the game with literally like a million gold pieces and nothing to spend it on. And, and I, I was even going back and like looking at the stuff that the merchants were selling. I was like, I don't, I don't need that. I've got better stuff. Uh, so eventually I stopped caring about those chests over there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the completionist in me was like, I got to open that chest. But then I realized, you know, I've got a million gold, nothing to do with it. I'm firing my equipment. I'm not having problems with combat. Screw that chest. Forget it.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I've certainly done that. I mean, there's, there's been a chest or two where I've just been like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about that one right now. Uh, but I mean, I'm kind of looking too at like, okay, well, you know, maybe in terms of money is, is saying, okay, well, if I'm going to try to build, you know, one of these, um, super weapons that, you know, I, I may need to spend a little money to try to get the things, uh, you know, that I want, uh, to, 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 to do that, but, um, but that, that's, that'll be at the end. That'll be more at the end. I'm not really going to worry about that right now. Uh, on
0: Apocalyptic, are you uh, having money issues? Like, are you using oh, no. the money you're you,
2: No, I have no money issues right now. Absolutely not. Right. Yeah. No, if there. you need to borrow some, let
0: me know. That's pretty much
2: it. No, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> All right, so that is your game of the week, Brandon. A little Darksiders 2. Um. And you're on your way to the your Transmorphers game, and then we'll yes. see you in Guild Wars on, on uh, Friday night at 9 p.m., right?
2: Uh, well, next? No, it's been canceled, remember? Oh, right, next, right, right. Next Wait. Friday. Yeah. Good call.
0: Wink! Uh, <laughs> uh, McMaster, what's coming up for you?
1: Uh, Guild Wars 2 uh, next week,
0: since it's been canceled this week. Brandon, you're not going to play it, are you? You're just going to go straight to Borderlands.
2: Uh, that is correct. Right. That's correct. That is, oh, uh, i love playing like so- that too, trust me. Right. Uh so so for me it's actually uh it's 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 uh Transformers, it's finish Darksiders two, it's then start Darksiders two again to level myself <laughs> up to thirty, it's do the crucible in Darksiders two, it's it's basically get a full thousand points in Darksiders two. Uh,
0: you so see. that's well, I'm right now enjoying having more points than you, but that's only because I was fortunate more finishers. Oh, I totally do. Oh,
2: oh, in the game. Oh, I thought you meant period. I was like, oh, no, You, are no.
0: you, tripping? No. Yeah, Tom <laughs> yeah.
1: and I added together. Don't have more points. Like that. I know
2: that ain't even right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: At Darksiders 2, I can compare. and That's what I was doing as I was playing, is I would call up you on my friends list and then click on Darksiders 2 and then go down the achievements to see, oh, how far has Brandon gotten? Oh, okay. Look, I'm ahead of him. Oh, look, he hasn't done this part yet. <laughs> I got some minor satisfaction from that. Uh, it's not much, but I'll take what I can get.
2: Uh, so well, next, uh, next time you feel that way, just feel free to take a look at the gamer score and you know see how long that lasts. That doesn't
0: count. Nobody cares about oh. that.
2: It's just the well,
1: yeah. games, Yeah. Uh, no, but not not anybody wants to play like Barbie Horse Adventure for a thousand. And I, 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 I never, I never
2: <laughs> play Barbie Horse Adventure. Thank you very much. That's good that I didn't try. My friend is with his brother. Do you oh, have no, that? That was my horse and me too. Sorry.
0: Do you have that Close. Avatar Airmaster game on your gamer score list?
2: Ever ta- yeah, of course, absolutely. Who
0: does? Where you, you
2: get like? I don't. You get all thousand in eighty seconds? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, wow. All right, I might have to do that. 82 seconds. <laughs> you actually did that. Right? Well, I guess, you know what? It's not going to get to 100,000 by itself. You've got to do what you can. Oh, yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All I'll right, Brandon, Mr. 100,000 Gamer Score points, congratulations, by the way, on Thanks. that. And uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for having Darksiders me. Darksiders 2. Um, and remember, no Guild Wars 2 this weekend. That's been delayed until next week, if you're listening. Uh McMaster, what are we going to bring folks next week? Brevity. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think we're capable of that. <laughs> I, I, oh, no. That's <laughs> uh, Guild Wars 2 talk next week. so uh,
1: Right, I mean, to prepare you for the
0: launch. The launch, right, exactly. So uh, <laughs> tune in for that. I have been Tom Chick, joined by Jason McMaster. And Brandon, is it is it computer science or customer support? It's actually, yeah, it's, it's, it's both. It's customer computer science support. It's customer science. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> by, by the way, you guys do a great job with jumping the shark, so uh, listen to, to Brandon over there, read his stuff on No High Scores, uh, and the rest of us will see you folks here next week.
2: Good night, everyone.
1: And association with Dean
0: liner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Garth Marenghi, author, dreamweaver, visionary, plus actor.
1: You are about to enter the world of my imagination. You are entering my dark place. It's the only author that's written more books than he's read.
2: That's something. Sanchez.